0: Hello and welcome back to Give Me a Break Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Beckman, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in wherever you are, whether you're in your car, you're maybe you're at home, you're getting ready for the day, um, you're on a hot girl walk, whatever you're doing. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so excited for this week's episode. Um, I just have a feeling. Do you want me to just have like a feeling? that it's just gonna be like a good day it's just gonna be like a good a good moment I feel that way about this episode I haven't looked at the questions yet I have a feeling these are good questions I don't know why I just I feel that way so I'm currently in my closet recording this podcast because why not well really you want to know the real reason I'm just gonna be transparent right Ty is upstairs (laughs) playing video games and that's normally where I podcast and I just, I don't know. I haven't been loving that room because I feel like there's still, like, a little bit of an echo in there. It's just, like, kind of weird. I'm still trying to figure out my microphone situation. You might hear, like, the, like, cord or whatever, like, make noise because I'm having to, like, hold my mic. So, I really wish you guys could see, like, my setup in here. Like, it's really funny. But it's it's a vibe. So, I'm down for it. Um, Yeah. I... I don't want to jump just, like, right into the questions, I guess. Like, I think I want to tell you guys about my week, um, because why not? We've been doing our 14 days of prayer and fasting, and it's been so incredibly just great. Like, it's been such a blessing, but it's also been a little exhausting, I'm not going to lie. Like, been getting up at 5 a.m. every morning, and it's just, that's early for me. Um, cause I typically have very late nights with youth ministry, ball games, like just normal life. So it's been hard to kind of adjust to that, but it's really been worth it in my opinion. Like Ty and I were talking about it tonight. Like it really, you know, we're like, it's worth it to us, um, getting up that early and getting to pray with our church family. Like it's just been, it's been incredible and I really feel like God is going to move in a really powerful way this year. I feel like, you know, every like pastor, youth leader, whoever like says that every year, but truly like I have witnessed it already. Um we had literally eight kids last night give their life to Jesus. And it's just like crazy. Like it God's moving and it's what's funny is because like you know, I'm up there leading worship and, you know, ties up there preaching, and we don't always feel like the kids are connecting. You don't always feel like there's not always that, that initial evidence of things like that happening, but truly, like, it is, it's clicking. God is moving, and it just goes to show that it's not in, about, like, us operating in our strength. It's not about us doing things. Um, to get a result. It's truly about being a vessel. For the Holy Spirit to move. And I truly believe that. So um, we're definitely like humbled by that. And honored. We feel honored to be used in that way. Um, so yeah. I, I really do believe that God's moving. In an incredible way. Not just in our church. But like in church period. Like capital C church. Church. I really believe that, like, God is moving in such a powerful, powerful, powerful way um, through creativity, through music, through all kinds of avenues, like, I really do believe that, so I'm excited for this year. I know I kind of said that last week, and and I'm just gonna turn out, know, I was, I was on a tangent last week. <laughs> if you heard last week's episode, you know what I'm talking about, um, I don't regret anything I said, obviously, because it was the truth. But definitely was on a tangent. Um, so who knows? I might go on another tangent tonight. We'll see. But um, let's let's go ahead. Let's dive in. Let's dive into these questions. Let's let's see what we got going on here. Let's see here. Okay, first question. What's your advice for someone thinking about going into ministry? Okay, cool. We got a ministry question. My advice for someone thinking about going into ministry. I guess my initial advice would be make sure you're actually called to it. Um, I think a lot of times there's this weird like uh attraction to ministry that somewhat shouldn't be there like I feel like I'm not really making sense but like I think a lot of people look at these mega churches they look at these pastors these these worship leaders that have it all together, it looks like, or they have, you know, nice things, they have fame, they have a platform, and people look at that and they want that versus wanting just to serve the Lord and serve their church. I don't, I really don't believe that a lot of these like worship leaders and like worship groups, I don't think the intention on the front end is to become famous. I really don't. Um, I think God can honor and bless, like, people and their giftings, and at the end of the day, like, if people enjoy hearing them preach, if people enjoy hearing them lead worship, like, I think that that is totally okay, but when the intention behind what we do becomes that versus just glorifying God and spreading the gospel and making disciples, like, I think that's where, there's really not a calling in the ministry you're really just kind of fulfilling a dream you have and fulfilling a selfish desire in you I really like nothing irks me more than when people use the name of Jesus to fulfill a selfish desire and we do it all the time I'm not going to sit here on my high horse and pretend like you know I've never done that because that would just be ridiculous. I, I definitely have. I, I think that that is a part of our sinful nature on the front end. Um, but to build a whole ministry around that, for that to be the reason you go into ministry, that's just very dangerous. And I believe that um, you can operate in that for a while, I think. Um, but you're going to be operating in your own strength. And if you don't have a specific calling on your life, to do ministry in the sense of, like, full-time ministry, like, that being your occupation, um, I just really... Even, honestly, like, even serving, you know, because it's still ministry. One is not more important than the other at all Um, because churches would not be able to operate if we didn't have volunteers serving. But if you're serving to get a pat on the back if you're serving to to get, do anything, get anything um you're just going to always be disappointed. Like you're going to chronically be disappointed and probably super anxious, probably depressed. Like I think that's really a lot of an op- like that's an open door for the enemy to come in and really like deceive people. Um because ministry will burn you and it'll burn you out. Um, even if you are called, because I believe fully, wholeheartedly, I have a call of ministry on my life, specifically worship ministry and youth ministry. And um, same with my husband, Ty. Like he has for sure a youth ministry call in his life. Um, I also believe he has other callings on his life within ministry, but the the one he's really walking in is the youth ministry calling. And even we have had moments uh, of burnout, we've had moments of, of weakness, and that's just because we're human, and we always have to fall back on, but I'm called to this, this is, I, I think it's, um, our, our executive pastor, Pastor Adam, he, I don't want to butcher what he says, but if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if I'm messing this up, but he, I remember him essentially saying, if you can do anything else, go do it. And I'm pretty sure I've heard this from our lead pastor, Pastor Steve as well. And it's not to be discouraging, and it's not to push people out of doing ministry. But they're saying, if you can go and do something else and be fulfilled and be happy and walk in your purpose, go do it. Because that means you're not called to do this. That means that the ministry in the occupational form is not for you. And that is okay. I think that there's such a a weirdly glorified version of ministry that just is not real. Um, and I think it's really dangerous. It's really dangerous for the local church because we think, oh gosh, oh we're not writing albums. We're failing as a worship team. Or oh we're not you know, blowing up on social media. Or, or we're not writing books and, and selling books and and doing these big conferences, and, and, and speaking at Passion, leading at Passion, like, I hear so many people, here Here comes the tangent, I hear so many people that are like, oh, my dream is to lead worship at Passion, I, I feel like I'm called to be a conference speaker, that is not real, that's not real, do I believe that God can use you to speak at conferences, sure, but is he going to use you to speak at the small little Baptist church <laughs> in your town or, or or your local church you're you're involved in first? Probably. Is he going to grow you, and are you going to go through some stuff probably before you for you do that? Probably. And and here's my other thing: even if you never get to that if you never speak at passion, you never speak at the conference, you never lead worship at the conference, you you don't get to be featured on the album or whatever, are you still satisfied in your calling? Are you still satisfied in, in serving the Lord? Or are you serving yourself in the name of the Lord? That is something that I truly have to hold myself to. Again, I'm not sitting on my high horse <laughs> at all. It's a tangent for myself too, because I don't want, to ever come across as um as like I'm, I'm I'm being judgmental. I truly know that this is a struggle for a lot of people. But um but yeah, I I have so much advice and and I don't have it all figured out and I I'm just I'm learning too, honestly. Like it the biggest thing is your relationship with Jesus. Where is that at? Are you fully called? Are you really called? If you can do anything else, go do that. And if you can't, do ministry full time. Um, or, or just serve. Serve in your church. Because obviously God's going to use that. He'll, he he uses our gifts and our talents. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I would say to that question. Next question What is the hardest part about doing ministry with your husband? What's the best part? Okay, so we're going to stay in this ministry vein here. Um, hardest part. You know, first of all, disclaimer, I love my husband. He's in, truly incredible. Um, our marriage has come a long way since, since the last, you know, four years. Uh, we've almost been married for four years in March and I've come a long way. Ty has come a long way, we've grown up. I got married when I was 21 and I'm like, looking back, I'm like, ah, that's so young. You know, it's just, it's kind of young at 25 is young, but, um, but yeah, I, I love him. I love what we get to do together. It, It truly, 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 truly is an honor. Um, but with that being said, there are days that are bad. <laughs> there are days that are hard and trying. And I, I'd say the hardest part about doing ministry with my husband is is working with my husband. Um, that balance of, okay, is this husband tie talking to me or is this coworker tie talking to me? Because sometimes, you know, I in the past I've really struggled with like teetering that professional line. And I just come in guns a blazing talking to him like I would maybe at home, like super lax or, or super heated even. And, and bringing the two together because ministry um, can become so personal. It can become so emotional. And it's hard to, to keep that um, that professional boundary up for me. Uh, and sometimes we're tied to uh, in different ways. He doesn't, like, really get mad at me or talk down at me or anything like that. But just sometimes there's that, that weird tension. And I think over the last year, God really helped us, like, chisel some of that out. And we went through some stuff together, faced some obstacles together. And I think that's, you know, a hard thing to do. And to endure because it's, you know, anytime <laughs> two people go through pain together um, and not even pain that they've caused each other, but like, you know, it's almost like it's you two against the problem and that's how it's supposed to be, by the way. Um, the enemy wants nothing more than for it to you to view it as, oh, Morgan against Ty. Like, no, it's Ty and Morgan against the situation, the obstacle, the thing against us. Um obviously the Lord's in that with us as well, but um, but yeah that's that's difficult um, I'd say, just like the practical tension of ministry um work and and personal life, and how sometimes it's intertwined together, and um I think you know, in that vein it's it's hard sometimes knowing everything about each other um each other's workplace and and almost feeling that need to protect I think I've really struggled with that last year um when I stepped into full-time ministry with him um feeling like I needed to walk around protecting him from other people's opinions protecting him from himself like making a mistake or whatever thinking that he had to be perfect and that just is not the case at all it's a very unhealthy approach I don't recommend zero out of ten recommend um don't do that but the best part is nights like last night um when we get to you know we had our parent briefing last night before service and just getting to sit there together as one communicating with our parents and just encouraging them, praying over them and really getting to just give them information. Like here's what we're doing and, and feeling like we're in that together and really getting to understand, um, getting to understand the struggles of ministry and really being with someone who relates to that. I think that that is such a blessing and a curse sometimes. Um, but mostly a blessing and then also having, you know, moments in ministry where, where students, they get it. It clicks. Uh, the Holy Spirit moves in a powerful way, and we get to see that happen. That is just incredibly encouraging. Um, and just getting to to do that with my husband is just, like I said, it's encouraging. It's wonderful. It's um, the best part, really, uh, getting, getting to do ministry with him. And having, having a true partner in that and him getting to have a true partner in it as well. And again, we don't do it perfectly. We don't have it all figured out. We definitely, um, we're always open to wise counsel on how to be even better at that. Because I don't, I don't think we've hit our peak at all. Because um, like I said, we're only you know, really one full year in of full-time ministry together, but we're only, you know, four years in of marriage, and just so much changes throughout time, but I really feel like we're in a great spot together. Um, thank you, therapy. Thank you, therapy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Um, co- okay, this next one says... I'm constantly feeling worried or anxious about the future, even though I know I don't need to know because it's all in God's hands. How can I better trust him and let these feelings go? Okay, that is a very important question. And I want to answer it. um, I want to answer it well. Feeling worried or anxious about the future is such a common feeling, but yet it feels so isolating. I think that um, it's not always as easy as saying, just let go, just let go and let God. Um, although that's a beautiful saying, and I think that it's, it has truth to it, it's not always that simple, because our minds aren't that simple, our emotions aren't that simple, And sometimes we have, we have trauma to back it up. You know, that's something I learned even about myself that I had, I had trauma to back up why I was acting that way. And I say back up instead of excuse, because it's not an excuse to act that way. It's not an excuse to, um, you know, like I even talked about last week, like it's it's not an excuse to, to abuse people or to abuse yourself even um, I really think that the main question in this is how can I better trust God and let these feelings go? And, and the the word I want to focus on is better because I don't think we can fully reach a, a level of trusting God at all times, in all circumstances. I do believe that we can have many moments of trusting God and I believe that our trust in him can grow but how does it grow right I I view it as a relationship with anyone else I'd have on earth except for it's a perfect relationship um on his end my end not so perfect but that's okay because there's grace for that but I would say um having that true relationship with Jesus is is how that trust is built and unfortunately it, well, like any relationship, you're going to have to go through some stuff to build trust, um, whether that's an uncomfortable conversation or it's a, a trying time in your life. like With our relationship with Jesus, at least in my life, all of that trust was built when my world around me was like hell on earth in my eyes. It was scary. It was full of fear everything looked bleak, it looked just scary, but I still had this feeling um, of peace or or strength. I had this confidence that although my circumstances are so just awful looking right now, I still have this confidence that God is with me because it's not always about How he's gonna fix it? Because sometimes in the midst of the chaos, we learn something. In the midst of the chaos, we um, we develop. There's a there's a refinement to our faith, right? I believe that, like you know, our faith is put through the fire to refine it, to to show where it really is, and I I think to grow it as well. So I wish I had just like this perfect little put together answer wrapped neatly in a bow, but I don't because I'm still, you know, I struggle with this all the time, trusting God. It's so easy now more than ever because there's, there's, I feel like we're living in a generation in a time where there is such a, um, a highlight on spirituality but not a spirituality that has anything to do with Jesus. You can say that you're a spiritual person. But if you bring up the name of Jesus, it's weird. But, you know, believing in rocks and stuff is not weird. Um, to me, that's odd. But to someone else, that's not odd. And, and I'm not trying to be polarizing at all with what I'm saying. Um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But... I I will say that it's more than just a spirituality belief it's it's a real relationship with Jesus that's the only thing that can really heal us and and over time develop that trust in him reading his word I I talk about it a lot on this podcast and and again this is something I struggle with y'all I hate reading I've been very clear about that for a long time i hate reading stuff because my attention span is so little but i've i've learned okay morgan you don't have to read giant sections of scripture to, to get my my daily bread to get what, what the holy spirit's trying to say it's a di- it's a discipline you're having to develop you don't have to start out reading a whole chapter of, of something you can start out reading one little section of scripture one verse of scripture the point is to sit and meditate on it the point is to god what are you saying to me through this holy spirit what are you speaking to me i think there i've lived in this world of instant gratification and i don't really believe the bible is like that um i think sometimes we gotta sit and we gotta we gotta meditate on it and like I just said, sit and ask God, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say to me through this? Um, help me understand your word. And I promise you, you'll start to understand his word. And don't read in New King James Version. If you don't understand Old English, you know, our pastor says all the time, we don't speak in that Old English. So you don't have to read that all the time. Now, I do believe in, like, when you're studying the word and, like, you're studying like um, Greek and Hebrew, yeah, sometimes you need to read that and then go and look at the original translation and all that stuff. and that's totally fine. Um, but if you're if you're reading to apply it to your life, um, your daily devotion time, read a translation that makes sense to you. And don't feel like you have to read so much because I promise you reading a whole chapter versus reading a whole section, doesn't make you more spiritual, especially if you didn't even retain that whole chapter, because at that point you're just reading words. But when you're reading with intention, it will come to life, because His Word never turns void. Um, but that's a that's a great question, and and I, I don't know if I answered it really well or not, because it, it's a tough question. Because a lot of people say, well, just don't worry about it. Well, duh. I've tried that. Didn't work. So, (laughs) give yourself patience. For real. Be patient with yourself. This is something that ebbs ebbs and flows for me. I I really, I I have had full-on panic attacks about the future before. But when I go back and and read the Word, it, it always reminds me that I can have my faith and confidence in God and that he holds me in the palm of his hand that I don't have to worry. But if I am feeling worried, it's okay. It's what I do with that feeling. Am I going to run to social media to fill that void? Am I going to run to a friend or a relationship to fill that void? Or am I going to run to my creator, the only one who actually can fill the void? That's the key. In my opinion, that's the key. That's a great question. I really love that question. Next question. I'm spending a lot of more time on these answers tonight um, or today, whatever time it is you're listening to this. It's nighttime right now. I'm recording. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't know what I was saying. I'm going to move on. How do I have a tough conversation with a friend? Oh, boy. Um, I'm not the master at this, guys. I'm really not. Um, but someone asked the question, so I'm going to answer it. Because it's an important question. Tough conversations. They don't call them tough conversations for no reason. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Picking up what I'm putting down? They're tough. They're tough. But, um, they're necessary. They are necessary. In most situations, they are necessary. Um... Our uh, lead pastor, he actually gave a talk on this in our one of our staff meetings uh, several months ago, and it truly resonated with me, and it challenged me honestly, because like I said, I'm typically the type of person that, um, if I'm having a tough conversation, it's real tough, and it's not full of a lot of love, it's not full of a lot of grace. And I've definitely gotten a lot better with that as I've been, like I said, in therapy and I've just, you know, been able to have more of them in my life. So the main thing that I would say, I'm not going to spend a ton, a ton, a ton of time on this question, um, because really the main thing is if you're coming from a place of love, if you're coming from a place of grace, um, equal parts grace and truth. In the conversation then you're gonna be it's gonna be okay um, if your intention is for restoration that is the key um, don't have a tough conversation with someone just because you want to change who they are you just want to change um, their behavior restoration should be the key if that's the goal sometimes you know, you said friend, right? Like if it's with a friendship um, or a relationship even and it's unhealthy and you've had these tough conversations, you've had more than one and it's still unhealthy. It's still, you know, the the other person is not holding up their end of the bargain. um, Then you can have a tough conversation that maybe doesn't lead to restoration but it still doesn't divide does that make sense like your your heart is never to divide it's never to to hurt that other person it's never to be malicious it's to this is this is how I feel this is how this is what I'm interpreting from this situation and another main thing that I learned from that is when you are in the middle of having that conversation is to stop and to ask so can you repeat back to me what I said? Like, what are you hearing me say? To make sure that you're communicating clearly. Because if you're not, then you can handle it then instead of letting all that time pass and then being like, oh my gosh, like, that's not what I meant. Like, you know, so tough conversations, they're tough, but they're necessary. Main thing, love, truth, grace. Those three things have to be in the equation. You can't have all grace and no truth because, I mean, I just, is not, that's not how that works, but you can't have all truth and no grace either. That's with any conversation, but especially with tough conversations, um, with, with friends and relationships. That's a great question. I, 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 I'm definitely, um, open to talking more about that, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that, um. So, yeah, let's move on. Move on to the next question. What would you say to someone who is trying to see the difference between their love for someone versus lust? Oof. Dang, y'all. That's a tough one. Um, that's a tough, I just mean. That's a really good question. Um, what would you say to someone who is trying to see the difference between their love for someone versus lust? Love versus lust. Hmm. Yeah, the word love is really thrown around these days, isn't it? It was thrown around in my day, in high school, middle school. <laughs> the amount of boys I told I loved them. L-O-L. I just want to crawl in a hole and die. because um, it was not love at all. It was lust. It was infatuation. It was all of that. Um... Oh, man, I really wish I had, like, a wonderful answer for this. I think loving someone is selfless. It's being willing to lay your own life down for that person. It's being willing to... um, I want to be careful how I say that. Not in an unhealthy way, but like to make sacrifices for that person. Loving someone is, is um, yeah, it's selfless. And I think lust is selfish. Lust is saying, what can I get from you? Love is saying, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? And the thing is, when there's a rela- Hello, Chloe. Hi, girl. You want to say hi to the podcast? She always picks the most inopportune times to come in here. Um, I was saying that when there's a relationship where both parties are showing love, it is a selfless relationship. It's a relationship full of, you know, you're both pursuing the Lord. You're both looking to serve each other and that's when it so everyone's needs are being met but it's in a healthy way when there's lust involved there's even if there's one party that's trying to show love if the other party is showing lust only it is it's that selfish desire it's like how what can I get from this what like I need this um you know in dating relationships specifically it's Lust is one of those things. If they don't get it, if they don't get their lust fulfilled from you, they will find somewhere else to fulfill it because it's a selfish desire. It's a selfish need. Um, There's no room for lust in a relationship, in my opinion. When you get married and um, you begin to, you know, have sex with your your husband um, as as a woman, you know, if you're a guy, have sex with your wife, you know, when that happens, it's not from a lustful place it's from love it's the way God designed it um in my opinion that is you know my answer to that question oh man that that is a tough question though because you're trying to see the difference I I would say how do you feel in, in the in the relationship do you feel like you're being pressured do you feel like you're being taken advantage of do you feel like you're giving more than you're getting and honestly, if, if you're being pressured to have sex in any way, there's there's lust in that relationship. Lust is a very difficult thing to deny. It really is. It's very difficult. But it is absolutely rewarding when you do. I, I can sit here and guarantee that to you. Because um, when you are on your wedding night and you... You know, if you, if you choose to get married, you know, if that's in, in God's plan for you and you get to have that moment with your spouse, knowing that you didn't give in, it is so sweet, it is so precious, and it, it really is like, it's God-breathed, in my opinion. It really is, um. But there's no shame if you have given into that. It is. I'm not trying to glorify marriage more than it should be at all. But um, yeah, I would say love is selfless, lust is selfish. I think this is the last question. Yes. Last question. Okay. Do you think modern church sermons are more about self-help than actually teaching the Bible? Why or why not? And do you think that that's why we have so many celebrity pastors? Oh, boy. This is controversial. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, in all seriousness, um, yes and no. I think that there are churches that do preach self-help more than they preach the Bible. And then I believe that there are modern churches that actually teach the Bible as well. And I'm going to sit here and say my church teaches the Bible. Um... I don't really care if you disagree with that or not because as a staff member at this church, as a a leader, even before I was on staff, like, the methods aren't always what people, you know, agree with or whatever. But at the end of the day, our pastor is preaching the word. He's preaching it in a way that he wants people to be able to apply it. If I had a dollar for every person that has come up to me personally, someone who's not even preaching the messages that said, I just, I love the way that Pastor Steve preaches, or or Pastor Adam, or Ty, or Pastor Ryan, Pastor Ronnie, you know, all these different communicators we have on our staff, I love the way that Pastor Steve preaches, because I can actually apply the Bible to my life, it helps me actually apply it and that's that my friends is where life change really happens because like I said earlier if you're just reading words and as a preacher pastor whatever you want to minister whatever you want to call yourself if you're just on a on a stage regurgitating words I'm sorry life change ain't gonna happen honey it's not you've got to preach in an applicable way you can't just preach words and think that it's gonna like resonate with people it's not i'm sorry it's not we're competing with technology we're competing with literally everything you have to come up with creative ways to preach the preach the bible and i believe like jesus he preached parables like he used things in in their you know day and time to relate to the people he's preaching to so that they could apply the word he didn't just walk around quoting scripture all the time now he did sometimes of course he he literally was the word like yes of course he did but that wasn't all he did I believe that you know it's it's not about self-help it's about applying the bible to your life and if you want to view that as self-help that's kind of on you Chloe do you agree She's going to start barking now. (sighs) Okay. But, 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 let me, let me backtrack just a little bit. I'm saying that about my church because I go to my church. I work at my church. I know the heart of our pastor. Um, and I know that it's to preach the gospel and to see lost people saved. Um, but with that being said, I do know from the outside looking in, there are quite a few. There's this celebrity pastor stuff. And I know that it is incredibly dangerous. And I know I talked about it in the beginning of this podcast, um, of this episode. But it truly is so incredibly dangerous. And, and I, I've said it before. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. It's our responsibility as the church as the quote unquote consumer of the content. it's it's on us as well whether we put them on that pedestal. I think one of the biggest disservices we do to pastors and worship leaders and and, and you know just leaders in the church in general is putting them on that pedestal so high that, they they it's inevitable that they're going to fall because we're putting them in the place that we should be putting Jesus because at the end of the day they are human and, and and I think there's also responsibility on their end to not allow that pedestal and there there are active things you can do to to remove that you know and, and to constantly combat that egotistical spirit that wants to rise up in us because we're human and we want we want to be encouraged we want to we want to get the pat on the back we want to get the recognition for the hard work that we do of course we do but at what cost you know that that's my big thing what's what's the cost here um and I think that that's different for everyone but I think you know this celebrity pastor culture is very real and I think that a lot of the theology is just wacko and not correct. And it probably leans more towards that self-help and that how does Jesus make you feel and all about feelings and emotionalism. That is incredibly dangerous. But I, I think that you can't, you know, just, like I said earlier, regurgitate words and, and not have them be a- applicable to people in their real struggles, their real daily life, their real things they're going through. Um, and it's hard to relate to every single person in a room that's in different areas of of their spiritual walk, but that's obviously where the Holy Spirit comes in and, and will speak directly to each person, I believe. Like, So I think, I think it is, um, I don't believe we preach self-help. <laughs> and it's funny because there's so many churches, I feel like, around um, – our area, like, hmm, I'm going to say it, um, there's some churches in Lawrenceburg that have not been kind, and it's really funny to me because I'm like, oh, man, you're, yeah, you're really showing me, you're really showing me how how unbiblical I'm being by you being judgmental and hateful towards another church when we're just here trying to, uh, provide yet another place for people to come and worship, maybe a different demographic of people. Um, because by no means are we saying that, oh, like if, if our version of, of church, like worshiping God, like the way that we do that, the, the lights and the, you know, the LED wall or, or, you know, the modern worship, like if that's not your thing, that's Okay. Are we sitting here saying that you're you're stupid, you're wrong, you're unbiblical? No. That is literally your taste in in music, <laughs> honestly. It's your it's your taste in in how church is done, and that is okay. But don't you dare sit there and and bash another house of God. Like, are you for real right now? It says very clearly in the word that the world will know jesus by the way we love each other each other the church the capital c church not just you know whatever baptist church down the road or whatever church of christ or whatever non-denominational church down the road like no all of us together it is it is a a capital c situation so this whole little competition bullcrap has got to stop um and i hope if you're from lawrenceburg and you're hearing this and maybe you know what i'm talking about and by no means am I gonna call anybody out, but you know who you are. If you if you're listening to this, you know who you are. And it, it's it's sad to me, honestly. I grew up there. That is my hometown. And nothing made me more embarrassed than when I you know, I'm seeing some of this stuff on Facebook or I'm hearing rumors and I'm just like, Are you for real? Like people making up rumors about our church and what we believe in, like, I promise you we believe in the Bible. And I promise you, if you would just listen to any message Pastor Steve has preached, you would you would hear that. I promise you would. Um, and if you don't agree, that is totally okay. That is your right. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that y'all want to fight about, <laughs> it's all minor doctrine anyway. It has no really power over whether someone's going to heaven or hell. So that's fine if you want to live that kind of life if you want to be a miserable person go ahead that's you but I'm not gonna do that and I'm not gonna bash people and I'm not gonna make fun of people um and I'm gonna for real pray for you because that has to be a sad life it really does um I went on a big tangent there I just (laughs) what I was trying to say is that you know celebrity pastors that's a real thing and And I don't agree with it, honestly. But even then, it's like I'm only seeing the version of them that they're they're posting on social media. I'm only seeing certain things about them, good or bad, you know? So it's like until I have a personal experience, I don't really like to make those kinds of judgments. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with this information? If I don't agree with your church, what am I going to do? Go to your church and tell you that I don't agree with you? man, I, I'd be wasting a lot of time that I could be sharing the gospel with the people that I have the influence over that have a platform in in the house that I, you know, am a part of. Like, we, I think we just get outside of our skis a little too much, y'all. It's sad. We need to be unified, for real. We need to come together as one church and quit bickering and arguing about literally the stupidest stuff and making up rumors about each other it's just it's so silly but I would just say you know if you're trying out a new church you're listening you know to to a to a pastor to a leader anyone like that pray for discernment pray that God will reveal like what is truly you know his word and what's not and at the end of the day we have to remember that these pastors are human and um, we have to trust that they are relying on the Holy Spirit and they're leaning on the Holy Spirit. Um, I could go on a whole tangent, honestly, about this and about church abuse and just how that is a real thing, but also what we can do about that and all of that. So, um, yeah, these questions, I I told y'all I had a feeling, I had a feeling that they were going to be really good, and here they are. They're so good. You guys did so good. I'm so thankful. This is a really long episode. It's almost an hour long. Um, Of course, me just rambling on about just everything I think and feel. Um, Thank you for listening. Truly, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for giving me a voice. And I have some surprises coming up for you guys. And I'm so excited. If you haven't already, um, follow this Give Me a Break podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram too if you want to um, it's just my it's my personal content. I won't really be posting a lot about the podcast on there. I'm trying to post more about the podcast on my social media uh, or on oh my gosh on the give me a break podcast social media that's the one I'm posting the most on. Um, yeah new episodes every Friday I try to I'm trying to record on Thursday nights and then upload them so that they're up and ready like midnight Friday so that um your morning job to work whatever you're doing you have something to look forward to I'm trying to you know a year of consistency a year of of good things like that so thank you so much for asking these questions for real you guys are amazing um I, I just appreciate the support so much. You can ask questions for next week's episode. I promise you, you are going to want to ask questions for next week's episode. I have a fun surprise for you guys. Um, not going to say much more, obviously, about that, but ask questions. You can uh, go to the link in my, in my personal Instagram bio, but also the Give Me a Break podcast Instagram bio, um, and you'll click the part where it says uh, submit your questions here. And they are fully anonymous, I promise you. I do not know who asks me these questions. So, for real, you can ask me, like, the deepest, darkest questions, the most detailed questions. You can, you know, ask for advice, um, whatever, mental health stuff, whatever you want to ask about. Um, It's going to be great. Next week, I'm so excited. If you can't tell, I'm so excited. Um, But, yes, I hope everyone has a beautiful, wonderfully blessed Friday. Uh, Or whatever day you're listening to this. I know some people listen to it um, not on Friday. But I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your support. And if you wouldn't mind sharing this episode on your social medias, um, you can literally just take a screenshot of you listening to it and post it on your story. Uh, It means a lot to me Uh, just getting it out there. I want want more people to be able to hear it if they want to, if they need a break. Because I feel like we all need a break. I know I need a break always. Uh, but I'm going to quit rambling. This is a almost a 52-minute long episode. Thank you for enduring it with me. I love you guys, and I hope you have a wonderful day.